Hello pals welcome to Sauce Take we have a great show for you Vicky is here. Thanks to everyone who shared kind words about the new theme song. It is a big hit and like all big hits it is of extremely questionable legality. Let's all enjoy it while it lasts. Hit it guys. Whipping up some ranch. BBQ. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again. It's time for another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. On the other line, for the first time in a minute, we have a first-time guest. You, the listener, are out there thinking to yourself, trying to ascertain who this could possibly be. There's a second you can guess. Did you say... Vicky Huber, it's Vicky Huber, everybody. Vicky, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. She's doing great, everybody. Now, Vicky, for the listener, some of the listeners, I bet there's two specifically straight away know who you are. Other people might not, <laughs> but so just so the listener knows, you have a husband name of John Huber. Is that correct? That is the truth. Yes. I don't know why I'm interviewing you like this is a deposition. Uh, <laughs> more loosely. Uh, I moved to Chicago. John was nice enough. He came and checked out this apartment so I didn't have to come down and, you know, look at apartments while I was trying to figure out how to move. And then we hung out a couple of times. Hung, uh, you and I and John hung out. And then now our our friendship has progressed to such an extent you are on Sauce Talk. Is that is that as exciting to you as it is to me? Um, it was so exciting that I drunkenly pitched myself for it at the bar the other day oh, I, <laughs> before you even actually invited me. So, yeah, I that's would say true. I'm definitely excited. But I'll tell you something else. Not the first person uh, who's tried that. And it's it's certainly not a 100% success rate. Oh, nice. So pat yourself on the back. Yeah, a- anybody can have them a have them a couple of Negronis and shout at Johnny that they want to be on Sauce Talk. But it doesn't always make it happen. So So you're doing well. Yeah. I didn't shout. I mostly just blurted. <laughs> I think I've got something else that you need to blurt out as quickly as possible. Hey, Vicky, eat anything good lately? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I have two things, if that's allowed. It's absolutely um, allowed. The first one is I took John Huber to Olive Garden for the first time recently and he ne- he had never been. So John had never been. You had been previously. John had never been. Yes. Okay. And let me tell you, I hadn't been since I was like 15 years old, and it holds up. Let's hear about it. it. What, what, what were the orders like? Um, oh, disgustingly large. But mostly, what I was concerned with was the endless breadsticks and endless salad, because the salad dressing is just like perfect, and you get like a mountain of salad. And John has been introduced to the salad dressing before because you can buy it at the store now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had bought it knowing that it was delicious. And he also agreed. But it was just great because we take a picture in front of this, like, Italian villa looking gross <laughs> establishment. Now they have, like, iPads, though, inside. 
Like to order on? Strange. Uh, no, not even to like look at the menu and like also, but they give you plain menus, but they also like have games for kids on them. So you get like your own like kid distractor at each table. It seems to me that if I went to Olive Garden and they gave me an iPad and told me to fuck around on it, that would diminish the extent to which I felt like I was family there. Oh, yeah, it was grotesque. Well, actually, I feel like some families, that's how they, like, roll. But uh, John and I were, like, it was gross. So we turned it around and, like, put it in the corner of the table um, and, you know, took in the ambiance, took in our <laughs> servers lackluster, uh I don't know. What's the word? Uh, lackluster service. <laughs> service? Like, I gave you guys the iPad. What more do you want from me? Uh, more like she gave us, like, lukewarm white wine. And, yeah. like, then there was, like, a glass with, like, paw prints all over it. And she's like, oh, all right, let me get you a new glass. I didn't say anything. I was just kind of, like, staring at it. I almost was going to drink out of it anyways because I didn't want to make a fuss. So, but, for like, the record, this is something good you ate lately. Oh, yeah. So, so far, food, this sounds terrible. I'm talking, the, the ambiance was, like, unremarkable, but perfect in every way. Okay. Um, because Olive Garden in the middle of Chicago is really weird. Let's get into that real quick. I was going to ask, you and John live in Logan Square, is that correct? Um, we used to live in Logan Square. Now we live on the corner of Avondale, which is, like, the tail end of Kilbourne Park and Avondale. So okay. I think it's technically Kilbourne Park. So what, like Belmont and Pulaski. What does getting to an Olive Garden from there entail these days? Oh, it's really easy. We just go to Addison. There's one on Addison by the New Portillos. So this is this is way, straight up in the city. Uh, yeah, I, I just assumed you were driving out to the suburbs left. for this. No, no, that's the beauty of it. There's a secret Olive Garden in the middle of the city on Addison. And they're rude to you, but the food is very good. Not even rude. Marla just didn't give a fuck. Okay. Uh, which I almost prefer. I definitely prefer don't give a fuck to rude. Because we weren't lacking for anything. We never lacked for anything. She just like really didn't care. <laughs> um, but we got all of our stuff, and it was great. And the food is actually delicious. I think John got shrimp alfredo, and I got, I don't know, like shrimp scampi, I think. Um, and... It's definitely too much food to consume in one sitting. So they have it like down to a tea. They've got these boxes that are like emblazoned with the Olive Garden, whatever logo, the Olive Garden logo, and they stack and they just like, and they have um, a breadstick baking bag to take to go. So Ooh. you put your extra breadsticks in there and you bake them in the oven for like five minutes and then they're toasty hot again and they're not like gross and like cold post. Olive Garden breadsticks. Uh, bread I don't know. It was I, a great time. I think that is a pretty brilliant idea. When you think about it, honestly, a large percentage of your restaurant experience, especially a place like Olive Garden, giving you these huge, huge quantities of food, is going to be you reheating it the next day. And if that doesn't go well or if it's annoying to carry this stuff out or whatever, that diminishes your experience. But they're going, even so if maybe there's certain things, maybe there's paw prints on some of the wine glasses, but then some of that gets negated <laughs> on the back and you forget about all that the next morning when you're heating up those breadsticks and it's so easy and you're loving these leftovers, you want to go right back. Yeah. 
the sunrise of the leftovers eclipsed the shittiness of the actual experience. I like it. But also, it was so good. It was two meals, at least two meals, in one go. And we're all about the take. We're all about the leftovers because we both have work and stuff, and yep. leave. At, I leave it too early to be coherent enough to make my own food for the day. Usually. Did you say you had a second eat anything good lately? I did. Okay, so I'm not trying to. This actually has nothing to do with me cooking myself. Mostly, I made. But I will say that I made carnitas, ribs, and chicken in the new Ninja Foodie that we got, which is like an Instapot that does like a million different things, and it air fries, and it does this, and it does that. Uh, maybe I should go into it because maybe all the podcast listeners don't know. I, I don't, I, tell me about this thing. You can sous vide, you can make yogurt, which they really like to talk about, which is weird because I don't want to make yogurt. Uh, you can air fry, you can saute, you can pressure cook, which is the main thing because it's Instapot because pressure cooking is so fucking fast mm -hmm. and it makes everything delicious. So I made carnitas with like beer, orange juice, lime juice, garlic, salt and pepper, and they were like out of this world good. That sounds fantastic. Now, is this, what sort of preparation do you have to do to get this? Is it? As simple as you just put the stuff in there and let it all um, do its thing. The, do hardest thing, the hardest thing is browning the meat, okay. which is not hard. So you brown the meat and you cut it and then you put it, you put everything in the pot. The hardest thing is figuring out how to use the actual machine without like it exploding. Sure. I, I which, have, I have an instant pot and that is my general fear is that like, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. Did a piece of my Instant Pot break off at a time I don't know? Yes. Now, it still seals, so everything's fine, right? Mm -hmm. It can't blow up if it seals. But there's a little plastic pla plastic part that's gone. And part of me is like, I'm going to walk over here and bump it wrong, and it's going to shoot a jet of pressurized hot air into my face and blind me. Do you think that's going to happen? Yeah. Yes, you do? No. No. Okay, good. No, I'm agreeing with that it's scary, and I don't think it's going to happen. I feel like it would just not seal. That would be the the failure point, not that I yeah, would Yeah, or like if a, latch, if a latch is broken, it would explode. Uh, or like it wouldn't cook right if like this, the vent thing wasn't Yeah, and, and everything right. still comes out fine. So you've established right. I don't have to worry about this anymore. No, and I, I should I not talk to anyone to about else. It, but let's not uh, let's not make that like a legal document of like safety waivers. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be too impressed. Like, well, I talked to my friend. She said it was fine. So I get a lot of money for maiming myself with my instant pot. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's like my nurse mentality. Is that like, if you ever say anything to anybody and like you kind of worry about it, you just document that. You discuss this and that with the person, and this is their response. And I don't know. It's like it's covering your ass, basically. So I'm just covering my ass here, and let's document that I think you will be safe, but uh, I'm not 100% on that. 
I am definitely that dork who does the similar thing when I have like a family member or someone who texts me like, do you know what the law is like on this thing? I am more than happy to answer whatever extent I can. But no matter how unnecessary it is, there is also always a parenthetical. It's like, by the way, I am not your attorney or anyone's attorney. And you should never yeah. suggest that I am. And this is none of this is actually advice. I'm just telling you what I think I know about this. Enjoy. Yeah. Or like we can consider this my like end of questionably new pharmaceutical commercial where it's like this will give you diarrhea, bloating gas, exploding stool, uh, whatever, nausea, vomiting, uh, potential hair loss. And then the person at the end is like, thumbs up, smiling. Is it everybody, so what did you say? You, you've got your ninja device. I've got an Instant Pot. I'm, I'm not going to replace the Instant Pot until Exploding Stool hits the market. That's the one for me. I'm going to make all my baked goods in the Exploding Stool, and I'll be done at the, the fastest time ever. <laughs> I think, I don't know, maybe I've just been around a lot of, Piss and shit. Yeah, those words don't mean anything work. to you. I, I am I am horrified when I hear that. But you, you don't give you don't care. <laughs> I mean, I definitely care. Uh, like everybody has their own thing, like that they don't like in terms of um, bodily fluids or whatever the nursing thing that they really don't like to do. Mm-hmm. Mine is phlegm. Uh, everything else I can deal with just fine. But some people don't like blood, or some people don't like whatever. I have some follow-up questions, but I don't want to ask any of them, so we're going to call it there. Uh, Great. <laughs> this next segment, I'll, I'll just introduce by saying we've had, uh, so this podcast, the main listenership is uh, a law school group chat. Me and a bunch of my friends I went to law school with still have a group chat going, and we chat about stuff, and lately... There's been a lot of discussion about the relative merits of the season of fall. Uh, Are you a fan of fall? I like fall. I like fall, too. I'm not, like, an avid fall person. Fall does not make up the entirety of your personality. No. That'd be bad. No. And I'm not sure how that works, because... Like, some people say they're a fall person, but really what they want to say is they really like the flavor of pumpkin spice lattes. Yes. I uh, don't know how that makes you a fall person. It just means you like a flavoring. Though I will say I did buy pumpkin beer, which I was kind of surprised at myself about because it's kind of gross. But this one kind of tastes like a pumpkin cookie. And I like cookies. And I like beer. So I guess I just kind of, the pumpkin is the inter, uh, what's the word? I don't know. The middleman that I have to deal with to drink that beer. I think that's fair. I, I love pumpkin beer. It is, I think in, I don't even know what, I I guess I was going to say like within beer nerd circles, but I am so far removed from that. These days, mm-hmm. now I think the general reputation is people who are fancy or snobby or especially making beer do not like pumpkin beer. Uh, but I think it's great, and there's a lot. There's there's different kinds of pumpkin beer. You can get the pumpkin beer that really just kind of tastes like a pumpkin, and then you can get 
the pumpkin beer that is plainly just trying to taste like a pumpkin pie or a pumpkin cookie. And you yeah. can get the pumpkin beer that's just like here's a nutmeg and cloves and allspice. And we don't give two shits about acting like there's anything to do with pumpkin in here. But we're calling oh, it, it pumpkin like beer. pumpkin mead or something? <laughs> and I like every kind. Like, obviously, you can make um, bad versions of it, but I'm down with whatever you want to offer me. I like those spices. I like the taste of pumpkin. I like the taste of pumpkin pie. You got some pumpkin beer? I'd like to try it. Have you had Southern Tier Pumpkin? Yes, I love pumpkin. It is perhaps my favorite of all of That's these the things. One. I know it is uh, former uh, guest and friend of the show, Gina Rochelle's favorite pumpkin beer. Um, nice. But, yeah, I'm a huge fan. We... Uh, I ran into a four-pack at a Benny's, actually in late August, which uh, we then respected the seasonality, didn't actually drink any of it for a few weeks. Now it's all gone. But, uh, yeah, Love Pumpkin is the best. Is, is that what you got recently? Oh, yeah. I saw it and was like, ooh, I think we're at Target, of all places, because they, like, throw all the booze in the front now yep. by the carts just to get you while you're excited about being a target for a minute before you go into the depth of buying a shitload of stuff <laughs> and then walking out with like a 300 400 bill get you while you're you're hot when i lived in minnesota they don't they have that one of those laws there where you can't have you can't sell liquor you can only sell liquor in a liquor store Oh. And so, like, the grocery store didn't have booze or even beer or wine. Nowhere did. But place, like, places like Target would have a separate entrance you could go into to be like, oh, here's the Target liquor store. And it's in the same building. And sometimes it would even just be like you would peel off from that outer area where you get the carts and whatever. Uh, so it was right there. But it was still great for me because just as you're describing, I would go into the Target and be like, okay, we got to get this stuff, and then we're going to get beer or whatever on the way out. And then you'd go through the store and be like, okay, this should be about, I don't know, 80 bucks, and then it's 300 And you're like, motherfucker. And you walk out. It's like, okay, I'm buying a case of Miller High Life and nothing else at the beer store now because I already spent all my damn money at the regular Target. So maybe it should just be like that. Maybe it's better and it will help me budget in ways I will struggle to do otherwise. Yeah, but then you got to like go to multiple stores and like that's half the shitty part of going out to shop anyway. It was always like annoying. Multiple but, yeah. stores. And it really became a flex for those places that had the liquor store built right in. Just shoot to the top of the list. And that makes it it's kind of unfair to other places. Maybe not everybody wants to yeah. build a liquor store. But it's like, God, I just can't justify going there. If I'm going to have to drive across town afterwards. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, I was at the store today and, like, I was buying some stuff because I'm going to make beef stew in the, in the foodie. Exciting. And I'm very excited. I got fish sauce and soy sauce to put in it. Which I think is going to be good. It You're also pound that umami. It's going to be incredible. I know. That's what I'm going for. I'm like, all right, this is going to be the shit. This dude is going to be the shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I go to the liquor section, and I, they don't actually have like. Well, no, they do. Um, they have like all these wines and all this blah 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 blah. And I was like, oh, white wine. That's the shit. 
because I'm going to throw some of that in there. You'd think red wine, but the white wine is dry and has like more floral notes, whatever, blah, blah, bullshit, wine talk. Um, it's going to make this stew actually the shit. So, And it sounds like, at least to my ear, a very good like fall delicacy. Are you eating a lot of yeah. beef stew in the dead of summer? No. No, not at all. That so like now awful. is the time to get on that. That's another great thing about fall. Yeah, I am into fall foods. Uh, I'm into fall. I don't. Here's the thing about fall. It's a precursor to winter, which is fine. I hate. Is winter. it fine? I um, think that's for. This is the thing that has come up in our group chat, and I am of the opinion that it is a detriment to fall. That I I know what's coming next. I can never truly embrace my enjoyment of fall because I know how ephemeral this is and what is going to happen. You don't even know how soon. It could be really soon. It could be really soon. Um, I tend to fall on the side of, like, people who like fall fashion, but I fucking hate layering. I hate it. And John Huber loves layering. He will layer every season of the year. And I just, I hate it. I hate it. I feel like I'm wearing, I, like, I feel like I'm wearing a sleeping bag when I wear more than one shirt. You don't get to that, that cozy place. You don't ever find yourself thinking, oh, it's like I'm getting a hug all day long. Well, no, I wear one sweater when I feel cozy. <laughs> it's like, you don't, I don't need to wear like a tank top, a bra, a tank top, a shirt, and then a sweater. And then have a light jacket on. Why don't I just have a thicker jacket? And this really is not even that many sweater. layers. A lot of people are yeah, going a lot yeah. further than this with layers. Yeah, well, that's too much. And then you end up looking like the kid from uh, Christmas Story where your arms <laughs> stick out. And you can't put them down because you have 20 layers on. It is a delicate balance. I think they're uh, fashion-wise, I am probably thick enough as it is so the idea that i'm then going to start attacking like what if i had three inches of fabric surrounding me in every direction you're i'm just yeah. gonna look like the kid from the christmas the christmas story yeah yeah it's not not my fave but i will say plug to a uh, friend of the show i have some sweaters i really don't have that many um i'd rather wear like a warm jacket or something but uh friend of the show margaret Bought me for Christmas one year a pool themed sweater with like rhin not rhinestone sorry sequin balls on it. Wow! It was amazing. That's really it's the cool. best sweater I own. That's definitely the best sweater I own. I like the sound of that a lot. Um, yeah, and it's green clearly, obviously. Normally, I, I would display some professionalism and make this request after the conclusion of the show, but I'm afraid I will forget, so I'm going to say now, if you send me a picture of that sweater, I'd love to make it the image for this podcast when I release it. Oh, I got you. Can do. Now we're both going to have to remember. Okay, we have, there's some, there's some more fall stuff. How, how are you? We talked about the pumpkin beer and then the pumpkin spice. There's a range of opinion there. What about... uh pumpkins in general and also apples are you somebody who's looking to to get out and go apple picking each fall or does you, you don't care about that uh so 
it's a lot more fun when you live somewhere that has like really good apples, <laughs> like upstate New York when I went to college. That was actually really fun. Or like we would go out of the city when I lived there like a couple of times. Like I think I only went like twice in the entirety that I lived there, but it was great. And it wasn't crazy expensive. And here it's kind of like, where the fuck are these orchards? And like, why do I have to pay $50 to pick apples when I could just buy five dollar bag of apples at the store or just like buy two apples and have my apple fill I don't know maybe I'm a little cynical I just then you wear too many clothes you wear too many layers and then you're hot as balls because <laughs> the weather in Illinois is wild and it's like 40 degrees in the morning so you wear nice warm clothes and then it's like 80 degrees at 12 when you're at the height of your apple picking you're sweating your balls off like I don't that doesn't sound fun to me. Maybe uh, in the future with like, as like an activity with like children or my niece and nephew or something, that would be really fun. But like me and John going, we both would just be bitching the entire time probably. I think that's Or he would reasonable. be bitching, or I, he would be like, this is amazing. And I would be like, meh, it's fine. Um, when I lived in Minnesota, uh, the apple picking was pretty good they, they had some good stuff and you could get to the places relatively easy that is one of the like in addition to obviously just like the city centers of minneapolis versus chicago being very different in scale perhaps even more noticeable to me is what it is like to get out of the city in you know obviously i live all the way in and not close to a highway so I might have it worse than some, but still, it is just so much suburb to get out of before you're at a place where you might conceivably have an orchard. Whereas in Minneapolis, if you just go in the right direction, you're out of everything very quickly. Um, but yeah, these suburbs are vast. Yeah, they're they're enormous. Yeah, they're they're there's large cities on their own. Um, it's got to be at least a couple hours to go to an apple picking place or like a pumpkin patch uh we didn't touch on pumpkins yet i like pumpkins i don't have a porch or anything to put them on or else i'd probably be more into them uh we live in a condo so we don't have like an outdoor space um i mean i could put one in the hall but that's kind of weird um <laughs> yeah i don't know john and i were thinking about putting out lawn chairs and doing trick-or-treating for the kids when they are, like, in the neighborhood on the day that kids will be trick-or-treating. I'm not sure what day that's going to be. Um, but then we're going to look like weirdos sitting on these lawn chairs just being like, here's some candy, kids. If you're concerned about looking like weirdos, what if you got a big sign that said, we don't have rainbow fentanyl? Then people would Ooh. know. Right, but it's kind of like, <laughs> isn't that like if someone farts, and, like, the first person who, like, mentions it is, like, the person who farted. Like, isn't that, like, we definitely are giving out rainbow fentanyl? <laughs> kind of, like, when you make it so specifically. I will paraphrase it poorly, but it is very much that thing about how, like, my T-shirt that says I don't have rainbow, rainbow fentanyl is raising a lot of questions that should be answered by my T-shirt. 
It's like, I, I, I tried to make it pretty clear I don't have it. And yet everyone is coming directly to me. He's like, are you suggesting you have rainbow fentanyl? No, look at the sign. I don't have it. Uh, don't do that. You'll go to jail for sure. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to And do especially that. because you won't have uh, rainbow fentanyl because it isn't real. But that's of very little relevance. That's right. Well, I heard that it's actually, it is real, but it's old news. So it's not anything new. Like the different dosages are different colors when it's in pill form. But it's not new. It's just old news that is now being made to be seen mainstream so that they can just get a bigger budget to do whatever the fuck they're doing, which is not actually doing anything. Anytime somebody's here to tell you that uh, people who have a lot of uh, expensive drugs are trying to give them away, it's 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 usually not the case. Yeah. 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 Like, it's, it's um, probably hard to get all that fentanyl and all the different uh, dosages and all the different colors. You probably wouldn't go around giving it away to people. You probably wouldn't. Yeah, you definitely purpose. need to know a pharmacist or a doctor or both. I don't really know how people pile drugs that are pharmaceuticals without getting entirely caught, but uh, that seems like how it would go. You have to like have a pharmacist hook up. Uh, so we did just touch on it. What is your general relationship with Halloween? I have a sordid relationship with Halloween. Sordid is a really fun word to use, though. I wonder what that means. I'm excited to hear this. So I was a bartender for a long time, mm. about 12 years, and you always work the big holidays when people want to go out drinking, and a lot of people want to go out drinking on Halloween. I the, Every single fucking place I work, no matter how shitty or how fancy, wanted you to dress up on Halloween. <laughs> and like you're making drinks, you're at work. You don't want to be dressed up like, I don't know, I, yeah. I am somebody who like cannot and will not be a sexy thing for Halloween. I like to be weird and funny stuff, especially like, well, I haven't dressed up since I stopped bartending because I felt like a freedom to not. Right. Um, and I don't go out on Halloween because fuck that. Um, I used to dress up as like weird, funny stuff. So like one year I was Prince. Uh, one go. year... It was great. I like put my hair, my hair's curly for all the people I who don't was, know what I, I look just, like. I was just going to vouch for you and say I could absolutely see that your hair would do many different prints things very well. Yeah, there it you go. It was like That's over awesome. my face and like I did this double and it was so fucking fun and I found like some silky like reptilian shirt <laughs> and like a sash, or, like a neck sash and it was awesome. And then one year I was a beekeeper. Um, I made like a big hat with a net around it and like wore a like a hazmat suit basically. Um which I thought was funny. I don't know how funny it actually was, but I thought it was funny, so that's all it counts. Um Yeah, I don't know. What else was I this is like I don't know. Those are the only ones that stick out of my mind, which means my Halloween costumes were probably not that great. But um I'm just glad to not have to dress up. My sister-in-law, bless her heart, she will never listen to this podcast, though, is a psycho for Halloween. And, like, the whole family dresses up as, like, a theme every year. Wow. And she starts working on it in, like, July. 
she definitely already has her Halloween stuff ready. She's had it like ready for like a month and she's like assembling it and making it. And that's really cute and it's really fun, but it's a lot of work. I just like to chill when I'm at home. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's plenty of work for me to come up with, come up with and execute a costume for just me. I cannot imagine branching out to so many other people. Especially for them all to be tied together in some way. Just seems impossible. I will say they did have a very cute costume when it was just Lily, my niece, before Dom was born. Um, Oh, dear. Sorry, the cat just um, knocked something over. I don't know what. Um, So they did an exterminator, like, her and my brother were exterminators, and Lily was dressed up as a skunk. And it was <laughs> the cutest thing ever. It was so cute, because she was small, and her little face was sticking out of this, like, skunk costume. It was really cute. I like that. That's fine. Yeah, that was fine. Everything else now, it's all based on, like, what the kids like, which is going to change every year, and it's always mostly terrible. So you can't, I mean, that, that's a tough thing. Like you can, it, it, I'm sure I don't have any kids, so it's easy for me to say whatever. But like, if you ask your kids, it's not even that they're too small at most ages, their ideas will be terrible. And like, even when yeah. they're like older, they're going to be like, yeah, I wish I had, I wish I had cool pictures of me when I was a kid at Halloween. But instead every year I just had some terrible idea and we did it. But then it's also, I'm sure it's yeah. hard to be like, well, no, I'm sorry, we're not making you a tarantula costume that will look like shit because I don't know how to make you a tarantula costume. We're doing something <laughs> fun that I can make. And then your kid's sad because they wanted to be a tarantula or a hand or whatever weird thing they would think of. Yeah. Uh, so mostly the kids want to do like very hyper specific TV characters that they like at the moment. So last year was PJ Masks, which is a shitty kid's show. Yeah, I got nothing um, on that. I mean, it's great for kids. Watching it as an adult sucks. Um, no offense to those who have children who like PJ Masks. It just kind of, it's not, I don't know, it's not my favorite. But is, but it, I will is, say, is, is this a pop? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say. On that topic, Eugenia Huber, Michael and Margaret's daughter, apparently really loves the show Bluey. So me and John were babysitting uh, my niece and nephew for the weekends this past weekend, and we watched this show called Bluey, um, and it was so fucking funny. Oh, really? It was so funny. It was really cute. But also really, really funny. Like, there's just, like, these little clips that, like, adults can laugh at. And, like, it's so cute and so endearing. And it's, I don't know, it's it's actually a really good show. Um, so I will plug that. That's <laughs> awesome. It's great. That is, like, the dream, but also, like, the spoken intent of seemingly every kid-focused thing. Is everybody a, a huge percentage of the time people will claim like, oh, this is actually that thing where it's good for adults. There's some jokes for them and it's also good for kids and there's some jokes for them. And it never it, the the that happens 
1% of the time. Almost every time somebody says that, it is just for kids and it sucks. Or they overshoot it and they're like weird jokes that only land for parents but kids don't like it. So the, the, when, yeah. when one of these shows actually does thread that needle, it's, it's, a, it's a very impressive accomplishment. My cat's meowing if for anybody who's um, wondering. That was not me. What's your cat's name? Derek. Derek. Can I get a spelling on that? D-E-R-E-K. Thank you. Um, last, the last fall-related question, and it's as slightly fall-related as we'll get. Uh, this is an easy one, in theory. Uh, will you rank the seasons for me? Oh, sure. Um, so I'm thinking about this. There's a few, there's a couple different, like, kinds of lists I can make. We're talking fashion. I like summer, then fall, then spring, then winter. If we're talking... Just because my best clothes are summer clothes. Um, if we're talking enjoyability, I would say spring because it seems like exciting because you've just been dealing with shit ass Chicago winter for however many months. It seems like far longer than it always is, but it just drags on and on and then the spring is just like this amazing new beginning mm-hmm. um then summer even though it's hot i don't care it's really fun and sunshine makes people happy it's true. and fall because like 40 degrees 50 degrees and sunny is like a beautiful thing uh i agree with basically everything you've said i summer is definitely my favorite season and i think that spring is second and fall is third but those are all pretty close if you were doing this on like a letter grade scale i would say that here's how big the disparity is summer is an a Spring and fall are A minuses, and winter is an F. And, yeah. And so like like the whole th- so my real ranking is everything but winter is good and winter is bad. Yeah, but I will say that I do like the holiday season. I used to hate Christmas as a kid, but because it was kind of depressing, which a lot of people might not get, but it was depressing. Um, for my family. But then Thanksgiving and Christmas now is so fun. I love Thanksgiving. We hosted last year, and it was incredible. Um, it was just, like, intimate and small. And, well, I said that they're the same thing. Whatever. Intimate. I think um, it can be both intimate and small. You're continuing to develop the picture and everyone's yeah. head. So it was just really cozy. We just had moved into our new place, and it's really good for entertaining. We had a big table for the first time. We, I made the turkey, um, different people made a couple like different things. I mean, turkey and biscuits and, uh, John's mom made mashed potatoes and my family was here, uh, which is my brother, my sister-in-law and their kids. And 
I don't think my dad was there, but he might have been. Not sure. Um, and then it was just like really cute and chill and like just warm. When I think about it, it was just like a warm feeling, like a really warm, lovely feeling. Um, this year we're hosting Thanksgiving again. Um, and I can't wait. That Ninja Foodie's gonna, it's not, it's not, it's not fucking around. This Yours is gonna explode from overuse. Mine, my broken Instant Pot's gonna be fine. Or I can just make potatoes in like five minutes and it's then gonna it's gonna be amazing because I can make other stuff. I have to watch a fucking, sorry, I'm not that passionate about it when I'm cursing, but, uh, I don't have to watch a fucking pot of water boil. And then, like, strain the potatoes and all this other bullshit. I can just throw it in that stupid Ninja Foodie and... Oh, wait. How dare I say it's stupid? It's so great. The glorious um, Ninja Foodie. My glorious Ninja Foodie. And it's going to be so easy. It's just going to simplify a lot of stuff. Um, but the turkey is so good. Because I make it, like, a Puerto Rican and American-style turkey. It's I like, don't know what that uh, means. Um, so... When I was growing up, my grandma used to make turkey by, like, this kind of sounds graphic, but she would, like, stab it and then put whole cloves of garlic in the holes. And she would cover it with adobo, which is the seasoning for people who don't know. It's, like, uh, garlic powder, salt, pepper. It can have this other seasoning called achote in it, which I don't really know what it is, but it's, like, red. And then, like, um, it's kind of an umami flavor. And basically, she would do that, and it'd be, like, mostly garlic-based. Um, and, like, chicken broth would be, like, the basting sauce or whatever, but then it would obviously, like, grow in sauce over time while you're baking it or roasting it. Um, but I did – so I do butter and sage – and I put it under the skin and I use orange juice and the sage butter and adobo to season it. And it turns out fucking good as hell. I have never had a turkey like this. Uh, uh, perhaps not unrelated. I've never been super into turkey. But like this yeah. sounds like the kind of turkey I would be into. Like actually yeah, giving it the sort of seasonings I'm interested in. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, and even if you don't like turkey necessarily, like the sauce from it, I reduce into a gravy for the potatoes and it just turns, it just tastes so good Sounds with great. like the fat from the bird coming off and whatever. And I'm not a big turkey person really. Um, only on Thanksgiving really. <laughs> so. Uh, this yeah. is a thing I'm, I'm, I'm not making any sort of statement. I'm just feeling around this idea, but it occurred to me. I said, we're going to have a segment. We're going to talk about fall. And I wrote down some stuff that I wanted to talk about during this segment. And one of them was Halloween. And then we talked about fall. And then we talked about other seasons and winter and defending the holiday season. And I guess defending winter in terms of you like the holiday season. We don't think of Thanksgiving as a fall holiday. But mm -mm. that's just wrong, right? <laughs> like, it is. It doesn't feel yeah. like that. 
But like, even if like they always talk about now, like, well, there's astronomical winter that makes more sense than you know the winter, the seasons based on the moon. But even that starts in December. November is just a fall month. But we we never say like you know what one of the hi- the highlight of the end of fall is always Thanksgiving. I never think. Of I that, actually have no idea what the first day of winter is. I think I think by the regular right if you go by the moon it's like December twenty first, and if you're oh. a, a meteorologist you would say December first, but there's no definition where November is a, a winter month. Yeah. But I thought of it the exact same way. I never, I never considered saying, "Hey, what are your fall highlights? Are you looking forward to Thanksgiving?" That sounds insane, even when I say it now. Yeah, it does sound a little wild. I think that the Midwest weather helps inform that because if I'm in Florida, do they think of it as a winter holiday, or is it just because it's the end of the year and it feels like winter? Even though it's like palm trees decorated with Christmas lights, like. yeah, I don't know. I would al- there. I'd almost bet that everything is then tied into like uh, tourism, and that's really what defines the season. And like, it's Christmas because a bunch of people just showed up because they all have work off, or something like yeah. that. I don't know. But even still, those people are just in bathing suits, like fucking around. But yeah, yeah. The weather's never going to do you any good. Yeah. Um. I don't, I have no, I have no idea, but I do, I've always wanted to be the person who makes Christmas cookies, not always, I have recently wanted to be the person who makes Christmas cookies and puts them in like cute container store tins and like mm-hmm. mails them off and like this, that, I'm never going to do it, I'm not, but I want to be that person. You have to make so many cookies, or I get, well, you have options, I was going to say you have to make so many cookies, but you could also leave out so many friends. Yeah, if you can do yeah. if you want to if you only mail them to two people, you can easily do this. Oh yeah, it's well, just they're the going to post pictures on the internet, and then everyone else you know is going to see those pictures and be like, "Vicky, what the fuck? I'm better sound- friends with you than her." <laughs> Where's my? This cookies? is going to sound sad, but I don't have a lot of friends that I keep. Um, I have like a like on one hand crew that I keep in touch with like regularly and like we go back for however long um but no one from middle school elementary school or high school uh it's mostly just college and post-college uh I have like a lot of people who I keep in touch with who I would consider friends but like they don't need a Christmas cookie tin uh but, like, if I were to go back to wherever I lived, I could hit them up and we would definitely meet up. But I don't have to send them, like, cookie tins. They're who get Christmas cards. That sounds like a good level to leave your friendship on, too. You get the benefit of, if I'm in town, fucking come see me, we'll hang out. But yeah. there's nothing else. Otherwise, you might get a card, but, like... You can't complain if I don't call you. You can't. If I don't text enough. We're not that kind of thing. You don't get Christmas cookies. You don't get that. But it's like if I'm around, we do unless let's go. Well, yeah, it's not even like, am I around? Because I haven't been back to New York for a long time. Since like 2016. Um, 
I and I love the people that I love there. I just haven't like we all the friends that I keep. I just they're low maintenance. So we hit each other up like two, three times, four times a year because we have our own lives and we have all this shit going on. And our close people are the ones who are in the trenches with us and are like friends that we keep in touch with, like on the quarterly basis, then we like just kind of catch up on everything in the quarter. Sounds businessy, uh, but I'm not a business person. Before I record any podcast, I sit down and I, I take, I have a, a legal pad you can see here. Um, and I write down what the segments are going to be. And if I have sub segments, like for, I have, how's your fall? And I wrote down, are you a fan of fall, Halloween, apples and pumpkins, pumpkin spice, rank the seasons? I knew I wanted to get to those things. And so uh, I texted a friend of the podcast, and I said, there's a segment I haven't done. I have done in recent episodes, but I didn't do in the most recent episode. And it's a very short segment, and I wanted to bring it back. And I said, now, but I got to tell you, it's a first-time guest on the podcast, and so I don't know if I should do it. And then I talked to this friend, and the friend was like, "Don't do it. It's it's a tough segment, and you don't want to you don't want to give anybody anything they're not wanting." But I feel like the words you're using, you are begging me to do the segment. I'm gonna do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm definitely good ready. answer. Uh, you may have heard this on a previous episode, but more likely not. You, I, you are not allowed to name any names. If you say a name, you've done it wrong. You can talk through your thinking or you cannot, up to you. But what we eventually want to come to is an answer that is a number. Vicky, how many people do you love? Oh, fuck. Uh, I feel like that's a really difficult question. Yeah. Because I am the person who goes to the bar, gets drunk, and, like, loves this person. And I will use that word. I'll be like, oh, my God, I love this person. They're amazing. Um, but, like, with my actual like being like my because this is a hard question and I'm glad that you asked it I am very protective I'll okay let's quantify it I'm very protective of the people I love so that makes it easier for me to kind of grasp who it is that I actually love I'm talking through this, so if it makes no sense, sorry. No, no, I think you're doing a great job. Um, I'm I will like ferociously protect the people that I love. Uh-huh. I would say at least. This is like a generous amount, but like the people that I actually would like fight someone for is probably like 20 people but I also have like my family my extended family my you know I'm not naming names or anything I'm just saying 
like old friends that are dear to me and new friends that are dear to me, at least 20. 20? In love with, clearly only one. Well, if I, if I phrase the question that way, I would expect to get that answer. But, yeah, what kind uh, of animal would do anything else? <laughs> I, I think 20 is a great answer. Thank you for that. Um, this fall segment has really gone off the rails. Uh, Love it. It's that's a sign of a good episode. It's time for our next segment, though. Okay. What sauce are you bringing to the table this week? Okay. So, when I pitched myself to you at the bar, you asked me, do you have sauce? And I was like, white wine sauce. White wine butter sauce. Uh, I, like, blurted it out. And I was thinking about it. And it's not one that I make that often, but when I make it, it's so fucking good. And it's so easy. As long as you are not uh, averse to butter or white wine. If you're listening to this and you're averse to butter, we have a problem. Yeah, like, what does, like, why? Okay, maybe you have health problems. That's fine. But also, white wine butter sauce is the shit. Um, You can make all kinds of different white wine butter sauces. It goes especially good with pasta and cheese and um, fish or chicken, depending on how you make it. You can make it different ways. You can make it with garlic. You can make it with crushed red pepper for a little heat. If you put... And now we're getting like into the fancy territory. And the only reason I know about this shit is because I used to work in restaurants for a long time and chefs would talk fucking all day and night about food and this and that. And I got to know the stuff through that and like eating out and stuff. Uh, Beurre Blanc is probably the best sauce. It is a white wine butter sauce, essentially. So you chop up onions into like slivers you throw in a bunch of white wine to cover the onions you put it on blast so like high boil for 15 minutes and then all the sugar comes out of the onion and it gets into the wine and the alcohol cooks out the wine and then you add cream and you cook it on a simmer for a little bit and then you the the best thing you can do is emulsify it with like a, a stick blender or just put it in a food processor or put it in a blender blender, but like on high. So it's very, 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 very smooth. Uh, Cause if you don't, it'll be grainy. So you don't strain out the onions and then you put in cold butter cubes and it makes white wine butter sauce and it's fucking delicious. You can put herbs in it. You can put thyme or chives or saffron or I don't know, you can, garlic, you can put like anything and you can put it in the fridge and save it for later. It's like the best thing ever. I haven't actually made it yet for John. Um, now that I'm talking about it, I realize I haven't made it in like a while, but it's, uh, it's so good. The French were onto something when they put butter in everything. Is the spelling on that B E U R R E? 
Yes. Okay. And then Blanc, B-L-A-N-C. This sounds amazing. I have not made this, but I think it sounds within my capabilities. And It's really good. I We know what I like. You're on sauce talk. You can take some guesses. One of the things I like is sauce. But I especially love a sauce where you can, where it, it, it carries the day. And you can just be like, this is the, like, we are actually highlighting the sauce. And so it may seem that I am lazy in keeping everything else so simple. But I, no, I, I, I don't want to detract from the incredible work I have done in making this very good sauce. And yeah. this sounds like exactly that kind of sauce. It's you put 80% of your effort into that, and then it's like, and there's some pasta and cheese. So that's all you need. That, yeah, that, that's, that, that's all you plenty. need. That's plenty. I'm not going to – I don't need to gild the lily. I made the golden lily. It's over here. It's the sauce. Uh, it, it sounds great. Yeah, it's the shit. Um, if you ever have a chance to eat it at a restaurant, they'll probably hook it up, like, real easy. And you don't have to make it. All the better. Yeah. My dog is uh, rubbing against my feet right now, and it's actually really cute. That's that. I, was, um, I, I didn't know where that was going to go, but that's a pretty positive way to end the sentence. It's rubbing super against cute. your feet, and it's cute. That's great. He's real cute. He hates everyone except for people <laughs> he knows, and I don't know. He. He's a, kind of a bastard, but he's really fucking cute. He's my dad's dog. We took him in um, when my dad moved, and he is cute as hell. <laughs> he got uh, a bunch of teeth. Sorry, that was the other dog hitting the screen. Um, he got a bunch of teeth removed, so he only has, like, eight teeth left. So he's got this, like, sick <laughs> uh, Elvis snarl. Cool. Like, like a constant Elvis, like, lip curl, which makes him look like kind of a derp i like it yeah <laughs> he's real cute that sounds great yeah pets what are you gonna do they're cute we have time for just one final major segment this is this is a weird one i don't know how this is gonna go this could be really brief but i have been thinking uh about the rise and fall of Keys, wallet, phone. So we all know keys, wallet, phone. When you're about to leave the house, you say to yourself, hey, keys, wallet, phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, see, you see this in media. Uh, it, was, it was a mainstay for years. So obviously, like some people had, had a cell phone in, say, the eight, 80s or early 90s or whatever. But then at, over time, the phone became more and more of a big thing that you didn't want to leave the house with. You maybe even would feel unsafe leaving the house without it. But the, that does raise the question. Do you think – so people say, and you hear people say, people even have signs in their homes that say, keys, wallet, phone. Take all of this stuff with When you're out the door, fill your pockets. Do I have keys, wallet, phone? You're making a face. Do you think this is an outrageous assertion I am making right now? My face was actually at the concept of having a sign in your home that has words on it. Uh, <laughs> so do you only have pictographs in your home? <laughs> only pictures, no words. Um, like, live, laugh, laugh. But it, um, it's someone being alive, laughing, and loving. There's no actual words on, on your... Oh, yeah, we have it in in the nonverbal sense, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, but like my mom, there's this, <laughs> sorry, side note. Uh, my mom, well, my brother and I absolutely loathe words on walls. And, you know, you go to the kitchen, it's like, eat, fork, house, home. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Like, you're in the kitchen, you're going to do all the things you don't need a visual reminder of what exactly you're going to do in the room. Um, home goods is awful for this. They have a lot of great <laughs> I think stuff. That, that... Everything is labeled. To me, that sentence was way too long. Home goods is awful will do for me. Okay, uh, fair enough. Home goods is great in that they have all that shit and I can afford it. But boy, oh boy, do I not want to go to home goods. Yeah, it's hit or miss. I mostly miss, but they have some really good stuff sometimes. Uh, not that I'm plugging that. I'm not plugging that. <laughs> um, but that was what that face was for. Uh, my mom had this sign when I used to share a condo with my parents. Um before I moved in with John and my mom decorated, she like made a coffee station and a wine and no, and the bar basically like the bar that I have now was, uh, stocked with mostly her stuff before. Um, oops. Everything good on my end. How are you doing over there? Good. I think sounds good. Okay. Um, and it said, Coffee, no, wine is what happens between, no, fuck, I don't even remember. And this story is going downhill because I can't remember. Um, coffee and sleep? Wine is what happens between coffee and something. Or like, happiness is what happens between coffee and wine. Something stupid, and she put it between the stations and she thought she was a genius. And when we all moved out, my mom had left the sign, so my brother and I have this game now that we play where we put it in each other's houses <laughs> without the other person knowing, and then they find it. That's great. It's like, life is what happens between coffee and wine. Thank you. Finally, I remembered it. Um, and it's like, the, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, it's so dumb. It also, to me, Life happens minim- before I... coffee and after wine yeah. as well. Like, it's I get, it, it really minimizes the wine, too. It's like, you, like... If if I guess it implies that the wine just puts you to sleep, in which case perhaps you should stop drinking the wine. If if your real yeah. life is ceases to be <laughs> like so clearly you need the coffee to get it Basically, going. Basically, you that. drink until you black out, and then you wake up yeah. and you immediately drink coffee. It's, it seems like you should stop drinking the wine if you don't have a life once you start, and that's really yeah. really what this seems to imply. Yeah. So, anyways, that's what that face was. Uh, somebody, I made a. a grotesque days to when he when johnny said uh i have a sign that says he's wallet phone that's what that that's why this whole uh side note has been just, uh, i don't know how many people had that sign i was so for hopefully hopefully it's very few but um i think our our, our main first first hook here is do you think anybody ever said keys and wallet? I mean, it was just two things. We all we all know that there's a rule of three in basically everything. We like things that are in threes. I suspect nobody was saying keys and wallet, and it became keys, wallet, phone once we had a third thing we had to leave the house with. And also, now we could also be minimizing 
as I mean, I don't know if you carry a purse. Do you think this is all kind of and silly? Not- because you're like, well, all that stuff's in my purse. So what the hell do I care? I actually hate carrying purses. Um, Same. And I have to kind of in the summer because a lot of my clothes don't have like enough pockets. But I tend to rely on my pockets. Um, sorry, dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, it must be as soon as, I mean, Keith Wallet phone has a great ring to it. It feels a lot. Keys wallet just just sucks. Keys wallet sucks. You got your wallet and keys. I, 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 yeah. It doesn't. Keys wallet phone is just clean. Yeah, it's clean. It's nice. It's crisp. Um, but there's obviously a certain usurper we have overlooked to this point, and because not so very long ago, date somewhere in range of. March, middle, 2020, uh, COVID becomes reality. And then, at least in my head, it quickly became keys, wallet, phone, mask. And I, I, I very explicitly remember leaving the house thinking keys, wallet, phone, mask. And having a mask in my breast pocket, keys, right side, phone, left side, Wallet backside, and that's you check mm-hmm. all four two two touches. I don't think people say keys, wallet, phone, mask. I think this is again evidence of the rule of threes in every every in any regard and that we we want three things. Three things feel as good: keys, wallet, phone. I can like, I can make a cute sign and put it next to the door. I can do whatever. Did you ever find yourself saying keys, wallet, phone, mask? Um. Not explicitly, but I definitely was thinking about them. I tend not to say it actually to myself, and I tend to forget one or the other constantly. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like you need one of those signs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, never. I'd rather lock myself out of the house once a week. Then have the yeah. sign next to the door. That's fair. You can make I that I do call. always have my keys because I drive to work. Though if I don't have my keys, it's because I'm out with John and he'll have his keys. There's no point in me, like, clogging up my pockets with my keys because I don't carry them. Uh, or try not to, you know. So I don't forget my keys usually. My wallet is a hit or miss. Because I don't need my wallet at work because you can pay for stuff with Apple Pay. So I definitely always have my phone, except for the one time, John, I will shout him out for this. He brought my phone to work for me because I left the house without it and felt real dumb. And I had to call him on my work phone. I, Gina and I frequently remark on extents to which we do and enjoy doing the act of subverting gender roles. Most notably, uh, the most frequent example is that uh, we go to uh, a bar and order drinks, and then a runner brings them out, and they will always guess wrong as far as which is Gina's and which is mine. Is yours always in a coupe class or something? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, But this is definitely a thing I think that we do align on that on. Uh, 
with with standard gender roles in that Gina will frequently do exactly what you're describing and say, I am going out, leaving the house with you. You have keys. I don't need keys. Whereas I don't think I've left the house without keys since 1997. Nice. Like, that is off the table. Like, if I'm going to do that, I should just go to the police station and try to get arrested because I am a criminal. You can't <laughs> leave the house without your keys. What are you talking about? And Gina doesn't think a thing of it. Like, well, you have your keys. And I cannot understand that line of thinking to any extent. Um, yeah, it doesn't really have a logic to it. It's just more like a an acceptance of, like, not needing extra shit to carry around, probably. Because I will say for women who do carry purses, they tend to be on the smaller side, especially if you're going out, and you have to prioritize what you're putting into the space. You have to really have your priorities straight. And, that's and without... keys are big because people have keychains and decorations on them and this and that on them. Uh, and you don't want to have that clogging up your purse or your pocket. And, and I was going to say that without even getting into the fact, the well-established fact that, you know, women's clothes do tend to be, you know, bullshit in terms of pockets. Oh, yeah. In, in most circumstances, whereas I said that about I haven't left the house without keys since 1997. It's probably been even longer than that since I've left the house in clothes that didn't have pockets on them. Like, I, I can't say, imagine. You're, you probably have had pockets yeah. every single day like, of your life. If I bought some clothes that didn't have pockets, I would have no choice but to return them. I'd be like, oh, I made a terrible yeah. mistake. I can't wear these. There's no pockets. Whereas, like, well, sometimes it's it's pretty cute. And I'm just going to buy this. And so there we are. And. Gina, or perhaps you, is going to have the clothes that just like this dress wasn't good enough for pockets, apparently. So they didn't put them on. And so here we are. Yeah, it's so bullshit. I've got a tiny purse like and I'm picking three things like and the keys didn't make it. Yeah. Like women's clothes now have more pockets on them because people are like onto it. I'm trying to be a functional human being. Can I be attach some things being? to my body? But you will still find blazers. You will still find blazers. Uh, Why? What's the point? Fake ass pockets they just have the flap that looks so like a weird. pocket and then there's nowhere for you to put anything it's fucking stupid and then like jeggings not that i wear jeggings but like they tend to not have real pockets they have fake pockets uh i don't know i'm wearing overalls right now and i'm loving the pocket life i'm just say that i mean that's as good as a pocket can ever get right there yeah that's pocket. Well. number one pocket on my list of pockets Let's bang out the rest of this. We've discussed the history of uh, Keys Wallet Phone, where it's been in the past, where it was for a long time, where it is now. What about the future? I think there's one obvious one I'll just knock out. So one obvious change would be that at some point, everything gets so Internet of Thingsy that we just don't even have the keys in the wallet. We just have the phone. And it sounds like some days it work for you. You are that now. That you can get in, like, I guess you, you probably have keys to get back into your house, but assuming that's established, like, you don't need a wallet to buy food. You'd probably, like, you probably, you probably do have, do you have some sort of, like, swipe card you need to get into the building? I have my ID. So you have your ID. And so that's not on your yeah. phone at present. Is that correct? Correct. That but it's easy to envision that making its way over there before long. Yes, but 
it is an identification tool in the hospital. They have visitors wear stickers and uh, staff members must wear their ID badges above their waist. Okay. Uh, just for safety purposes. Didn't think that. That's a good that. point. I did. I was just thinking about getting into the building, but you're right that especially in your yours is probably you're, you're probably not on the verge of having people slap their phone onto their chest and have it hanging out there with the screen on all day. That seems right. very unpleasant. So in an environment like that, the ID badge will probably linger longer than a lot of other ones. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. And I, I yeah, have I, a little clip, and it has my dog and cat on it. That's well, cute. One dog and one cat, and Chico didn't make the cut. Sorry, Chico. <laughs> um, so that's one potential. So if we had done this podcast in 2019, I don't think either of us would have had the foresight to say, well, soon we'll be carrying a mask everywhere we go every day, carrying and or wearing. But yeah. um, we could still, we can still speculate. So if it's not... The phone kills off keys and or wallet. What's the next change? So it's at some point in the whenever, and it could be it could be that nothing's going to change for fifty years. That strikes me as unlikely. We don't even think keys, wallet, phone had that sort of longevity. But uh, I mean, biometrics. What's the next change? Biometrics can eliminate keys and wallet. So you do that, and then you sew your phone into your brain or something. Yeah. And now it's yeah. just the new for you. Just put up a sign that's blank next to the door. It's like, go ahead and leave. You already got it. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, if you like do an eye scan or like a finger scan, then you can get into whatever's programmed for you to get into, like your house or your work or uh, I don't know your bank vault if you're that minted, but like. That's 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 my big problem. I've always got to swing by my bank vault and check out all my money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it's still there. I got. I'll be right back. Okay. Or like safety deposit boxes. I feel like they have biometrics in some places. I, presumably, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm just making this all up. Oh, the, the, first off, every segment on this podcast is all made up. But most notably, okay. this is just us speculating about the future, which even people who claim to be good at are not good at. And we didn't even claim to be good at it. Um, I did write down next edition Metaverse Pass. I don't know what this means, but I like the idea of claiming that the Metaverse will be very involved because that's what all the idiots uh, – on the internet who seem to make a lot of money say. So Can I predict I... metaverse pass will be what I'm carrying everywhere, probably starting next year when I do all my spending in the metaverse. Well, I'm not taking what? follow-up questions on the metaverse. Okay. There's no, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the main follow-up question I have is what the fuck is the metaverse besides like the Sims, but like different. Well, worse graphics, much worse graphics. Okay. Wait, Sims has worse graphics? No, the Metaverse will. Oh, it's got to okay. work on, like, crappy phones. Oh. Metaverse is some like, bullshit, but we're probably going to have to do it anyway. Just I, don't even, it I don't really know what the Metaverse is, I, truly. I, I, please forget this conversation and do not – when when somebody's forcing you to be like, 
I got a cool – one of your – someone who you like and are friends with but you do not love, when they call you and you're like, I have a new song out and you got to check it out, but it's only on the metaverse, please do not remember this conversation and associate me with that fucking bullshit. Okay. If someone asks me to listen to their mixtape on the metaverse, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to listen to it even if they hand me a physical CD. And yes, I do have a CD player. Boy, that's a good one. I don't. I think if some. I think if someone gave me a CD and said, "Johnny, the secret that you need to not die in the next hour is on this CD," I'd have to leave the house to figure out what to do with that. Oh, I don't well, think I, I can do anything with a CD. CD it's not if fancy. I put a CD into my PlayStation, will it play it? I don't even know. And John has like a tape player, a CD player, a VHS player, a DVD player for when we want to listen and watch things in shittier content than, or in shittier ways than records and digital music. A friend of the podcast, Bill Kalish, bought uh, what I believe to be a VHS player very recently. But when I asked him to tell me about it, he refused. So I don't have any more information about that. But it, it, it looked that really fancy. Strange. Yeah, I don't really get it. That's, yeah, that's strange. To not want to talk about your VHS player, I feel like people who it, buy VHS players would love to talk about that. Isn't VHS that the main player. reason you buy it? How many VHSs are you really watching in 2022? I told John he wasn't allowed to buy the Indiana Jones trilogy only because they take up so much space. That's a good point, too, yeah. At least, at least because I don't you know, like records the have the, the kindness to be super thin. You can stack them all up on a shelf. VHS, yeah, every cool. single one and of those things. You get three of them. That's like, what, 15 records right there. Yeah, exactly. It's a waste of fucking space. John has hidden his vast CD collection in our closet underneath the like built-in thing. Uh, so I don't have to see them, and it's great. That's the way to do it. Yeah. But if he ever wants to get a CD out, it's a pain in his fucking ass. <laughs> but who am I to judge, I guess? Well, Vicky, it's time for your final segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? I do. And I didn't think that I would, but then I realized that um, this bar that we go to and that John plays at regularly, he plays there every other weekend. He does their bluegrass brunch. It's called the Beat Kitchen, B-E-A-T Kitchen on Belmont. Um, they are having a fundraiser. On Sunday, October 2nd, and the title of the fundraiser is called Lupus Warrior, which, you know, okay, fine. It was like, okay, fundraiser. But then you find out what it's for, and I was like weeping in the bar the other day because there's a bartender there named Matt, and he has a daughter who has lupus nephritis, and essentially, without going into a ton of details, he is giving her his kidney. So wow. 100% of the proceeds from that day, and John is playing there 11 to 2, so I'll plug him as well. Um, Bluegrass Brunch is 11 to 2, but 100% of the proceeds go to help their medical bills and uh, their recovery. So, yeah, this guy is a match for his daughter, and he's giving her his kidney, and it's... He's a fucking sweetheart of a man, and they're the ones who did our 
um, rehearsal dinner and they were so kind and like they were buds with them and Christina, the bartender is going to be there and she's the shit. Like everything about it is going to be so fun and the food is good and the drinks are good and they have a lot of good beers and lots of cocktails. Um, maybe not like fancy cocktails, but like definitely enough to get you drunk. <laughs> so, um, that's what I'm plugging because I want people to go. Not that I have a lot of friends, but I'm telling people that I know to go. Well, it's an, it's an excellent plug. Uh, lupus is some bullshit in the absolute best of circumstances. And this does not sound like the best of circumstances. So it's, it's amazing. Uh, what that man is going to do for his daughter. I will also note blue, bluegrass brunch at beat kitchen on Belmont is like it. We were talking about how pleasing it is to say things in threes. That's even better. All those bees in a row. Everybody should want to go do this just so they can tell somebody, what are you doing on? You said uh, Sunday, October 2nd, and especially 11 to two. That's when John's going to be. Oh no, playing. I'm sorry. It's Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, October second. I wrote down Sunday, but that was a mistake on my part. No, I probably said Sunday. No, I, I think, but I think it's October Saturday 2nd. is the first. Let's check on that. Let's make sure we have the date right. Yeah, Saturday you know what? It might be a first. Sunday. Is it the first? No, it's the second. It is okay. okay it's, Sunday. it's Sunday. I bet you said it right the first time. I know it's October second. One hundred percent October second. Okay. And it's easy to remember. It's the uh, bluegrass brunch at Beat Kitchen on Belmont on. Bun Dave October Beckett. That's a bit of a stretch. But it, it's going to help this really good guy who sounds like he's helping out a kid who really needs the help. And so that's that's excellent. I like that a lot. That's a fantastic plug. Thanks. Vicki, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've had an excellent time. Thanks. I've had an excellent time. Um, I love chatting. I feel like we got good chat vibes. Um, can't wait to hang with you soon. Maybe on October 2nd. I agree completely about the good chat vibes and the fun times hanging. Best wishes in the intervening days.